Greetings, everyone, and before I begin ranting and raving incoherently, I thought I'd tell you about Anchor by Spotify. It is the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need to do it all in one place. And believe me, if I can do it, anybody can do it. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone. And when you host through Anchor, you can distribute your podcast through listening platforms like Spotify and Apple Podcasts and even more. It has everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, it's free. That's right, Anchor is free, and who does not like free? So if you're interested or you want to make your podcast today, download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That is the Anchor app or anchor.fm to get started. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another Ludicrous Car Review. And boy, have I got a lot of news for you today. But first, I suppose it is time for finally another review. I'm aware that I have not done a review in quite a while because, well... Honestly, the news is still stacked up with boatloads of information to share with you all. But I understand that, um, well, I still enjoy doing these reviews. So until, well, I tell myself otherwise, I'm going to continue doing them. And to be honest, coming up, I might have a little bit more interesting show coming up this next week. Possibly doing another special EV segment or, well, maybe anti-EV segment based on the news I'm about to share with you later on in the evening. Anyways, without further ado, let's proceed on with the review, shall we? Now, the car I'm about to share with you all is, um, it has me with some mixed emotions, you might say. Honestly, first glance at it, it honestly doesn't look like a horrible vehicle. But then you take a closer look at the front end and some of the accent pieces, and honestly, you begin to second-guess yourself. Anyways, the car I'm going to be talking to you today about is the 2022 Genesis G80 all-wheel drive 3.5 Turbo Sport Prestige, and, um... Honestly, at first glance, like I said, it ain't bad. To be honest, looking at the exterior of the car, at least until you look from the side, it actually doesn't look too horrible. Um, one of the questionable design choices is, um, well, first I guess let's get the basic shape out of the way. We'll get some of the questionable choices out of it in a minute. Um, overall, the car's design isn't horrible. It looks a bit, almost like the same body shape as the uh, Kia Stinger, even though it's a totally different branch of car. Um... I'm guessing it's probably based on one of their model cars, um, most likely one of their four-wheel drive chassis. It ain't a bad-looking car. I can't see much about it. Is it spectacular? Is it stunning? No, but it's a pretty decent luxury car overall. But the problem I have with it is its choices and designs. First, let's talk about the headlights. It's got a weird kind of split design headlights, which at first I thought didn't look bad. and doesn't. It does look kind of cool, but it also kind of looks a little bit awkward with the accent piece they have after that. On the other side of the wheel well, on the front of the car, the front fender, it has, well, you know those cheap-ass looking little fender flare scoopy things you can put on your car at Walmart? Yeah, it's got two of those. Why? I honestly don't know. It used to be that we added these kind of for cheap styling. Like, for example, your Thunderbird birds used to have these things on the side of them. It just, it didn't look good. I don't understand why anybody would continue to use them. So honestly, that kind of dates the car a little bit as well. But what really stands out to me and also is very questionable is the Superman shield they decided to glue all over the front of the car. Now, I don't mind a big grill. In fact, I like a big grill. But there's a point when things go too far. And this is a prime example of that. The fact is that the grill is weird and hideous on the front of the car it just it's too much it's too big it's too gaudy honestly Cadillac kind of kicked off this trend and honestly personally I absolutely hate it I think it just looks weird as all hell to be honest it's not to say that it's horrible looking it's just conflicting because honestly it doesn't look like a bad car it's just the accent pieces they have used 
kind of make it look a little uglier in my opinion. I get it's kind of a bold design choice, but to be honest, it's kind of, I don't know, it, it's just weird overall. So overall, my opinions on the car is that it's kind of eh, iffy. While it doesn't look like it's any spectacular, unfortunately, it's weird acts and pieces and ginormous-ass shoely front grill. It just drags the car down a little bit. Like I said, I like a big grill, but there's a point when that becomes too much. And when it takes up the entire front end of your car, that's when you know you've hit that point. So let's get into some performance numbers, shall we? This was powered by a 3.5 liter twin turbo v6 this thing kicks out about 375 horsepower and 391 foot pounds of torque and honestly it just the power numbers on it because it's a g80 it's like in the step up it's a bigger car you think it'd have a little higher power numbers than that for example the v6 that uh Atlantis is kicking out puts out a little over 400 horsepower and 425 i think pounds of torque it's a little disappointing of a power choice i think it'll get the car scooting along pretty nice and i hear the transmission is also super duper smooth to a point where even if you're in sport mode you can't even tell the car shifting that much so overall i think that well i think it's sporty enough i think that i'm a little disappointed in the power numbers and expected maybe even a little bit more out of it i think it's from what the numbers suggest it's supposed to be pretty nimble and fast but it doesn't sound like it from the cabin which also here has got some pretty good um pretty good sound insulation so overall let's go to look in the interior then shall we now the interior of the car is about what you expect from well a genesis g80 it's not bad, honestly. Um, there's a couple of design choices we'll get to that I think are a little awkward, but honestly, it ain't horrible. Um, I'm not a big fan, again, of the iPad glued to the top of the dashboard, but again, it's not horrible. It doesn't stand out all that much. And honestly, the red accents, it's kind of a, it's kind of almost like a classic retro feel with the way the knobs are set up in the center. It doesn't have a large touchscreen, which does surprise me a little bit, especially in modern day cars. In fact, it looks like something from the early 2000s with its design. It doesn't have a huge touchscreen. It's not easily accessible. While some people may complain about that, personally, I don't think much about it either way. Most of the controls on the steering wheel are also a little awkward because they're just kind of two little knobby bits on the side. The bit that does really draw me to question a lot about it is its choice in, well, the seats. They're hideous. I'm sorry, there's no other way to describe it. It's got these weird, you know how I talked about that weird shield in the front? It kind of carries that forward. It's got these striped down patterns that go all the way from the side bolsters of the shoulders, not to the sides and the side. It kind of comes down to the center, um, and the, the side bolsters are flat. It is weird looking overall. If you look at a picture of it, it kind of just looks like arrows pointing down. It's just, it looks like a rumble strip, to be honest. It's, it is not my favorite. I'm not sure what possessed them to go with that seat choice. I'm not a fan of it. Um, I get where they're trying to carry that through, but it looks weird throughout the entire car. I'm just not a huge fan. I do like the fact, though, that it does include the cool center console thing that flips down. It's a lot more than just, well, just a little console thing with cup holders. It does have the option of heated seats in the rear, which I do think, well, for a luxury car, it's kind of what you come to expect. Obviously, it's got the standard rotator dial for everything else, and honestly, like I said, I question the dial choice in that. I get what they're going for in the car, but I mean... Most people expect a big screen, so I'm not quite sure what they're looking at there, especially in the price point they're asking for, probably. So overall, let's get a first... Um, speaking of price point, let's get on to that, shall we? Now, the base price on this thing is about $64,000. The uh, one that I'm talking about, the Sport Edition, is about $71,000. It is a front-wheel, all-wheel drive car. It's just... 
for the price tag you're asking for, you expect so much more. You expect a little bit more out of that engine. You expect a little bit more luxury features. You expect a freaking touchscreen on the car that's a little bit bigger than while well, some of these get out of the early 2000s. Overall, I don't think it's a bad choice for a luxury sedan. I just think you'd be looking for something that's got the technology bits to stun your friends. Unfortunately, I don't think this will have it. So overall, well, I don't think the car's horrible. I'd give it a meh on the scale. It isn't bad, but it just isn't good for the price, and it does have some questionable design choices in the vehicle overall. Not to say that it looks absolutely hideous, but it ain't my first choice if you're picking out a luxury car. It's not my bottom pick, but it's considering what's available, it might not be my last choice. Anyways, with that out of the way, that's my review of the Genesis G80. Honestly, check it out for yourself a little bit if you can get an idea of what that front grille and those seats look like. Honestly, that's really what drags down the car overall. If they did some changes on that, I think it would be a, a pretty good car overall, especially a luxury sedan. Anyways, let's get on to the news because I got a lot of it, shall we? So let's start off a little bit of news from the EV realm, shall we? Polestar, you know Polestar, they've been, uh, honestly, they've been producing pretty decent looking vehicles. Honestly, the Polestar 1 was probably my favorite by far, but they kind of softened it up for the for the Polestar 2. But, that being said, it hurts. Yes, you know the company that almost went bankrupt a few years ago? That Well, they did go bankrupt a few years ago. Yes, they are buying 65,000 Polestar's EVU for the renter fleet. Oh my god, my voice is going... Alright, yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, they're buying 65,000 Polestar 2 EVs for their rental fleet over the next five years. Honestly, Tesla Model 3s used to be the dominant force in Hearst, and honestly, it's arguably why some maybe they run out of business for the cost of these things to be honest honestly it's not my first choice i guess for a rental fleet car but i guess if you're looking for some exposure i suppose it does some good work for polestar now honestly polestar i think sold only about three hundred thousand cars last year so this is actually a pretty sizable chunk of their uh, inventory going out the door to honestly hurts and i think it's a big boon for polestar because it kind of get their name out there and kind of get people interested in the vehicle i mean test drive one you may not have one available but if we can rent one from hearst for a couple weeks Maybe you may come to love the car and maybe purchase it. So I think it's a good move on Polestar's part. Honestly, I can understand why Hertz is out there buying cars considering the financial situation they're in. But, um, well, what are you going to do? I'm not a huge fan of it, but eh, I guess it's not a horrible choice overall. For Hertz, I mean, you got to do something, I suppose. But considering the company almost went bankrupt a few years ago, I'm not quite sure how it's going to work. Especially considering all the problems they've had recently with, well, Anxelin calling the cops on people. You want to get a little more info on that story? I think I had it a few weeks ago, but uh, look it up yourself. It's kind of funny. Anyways, on another news, you know that um, the Moon Whaler, the canoe car that I uh, made fun of um, in the news segment last week? Well, yeah, they're gonna build next NASA's next Astro Van. My God, it is ugly as all hell. Why does possesses NASA of all companies to go with moonable things? I get the name in that, but it just. Oh, good God. It is an ugly car. This canoe vehicle, whatever it is, it just it looks like something you'd see from a freaking sci-fi movie. Just, it is ugly. It's just, it's just, I don't know who designed this thing, but it just looks like a giant Tupperware container, a giant jelly bean. I'm not sure how to describe it. The old Astro Van looked kind of cool, but to be honest, this thing is kind of sad. And the funny thing is that Futura Van that used, they used to use, um, honestly, has been around for so long, as that. And to be replaced by this ugly pile of junk honestly is very disappointing now i do see some of the pictures that they have planned for it doesn't look i guess horrible but i mean it is still 
it is ugly. I, I can't describe it any other way. It's just a hideous looking vehicle, honestly, and I can't wait to see things on the road because they're probably going to look just about as dumb as they look in the picture because I don't know how the hell you don't. Anyways, in further EV news, Tesla. Yeah, we haven't heard some news from Tesla in a little while, especially considering they had a whole fiasco involving their Cybertruck, in case you haven't heard. Yeah, they've been pushing back the Cybertruck. It's mainly going on sale now next year, as Eli Musk says. I, that's a whole fiasco in and of itself. But in more important news, or good news, I should say, for Tesla, they have finally got one of their main plans operational. So after all this time, Tesla has finally got one of their major factories up and operational, as Tesla finally opens his Texas plant. And honestly, it's a pretty big step for Eli Musk, as he plans to expand production of his home gigantic fleet of optional electric cars considering he's absolutely the number one seller even though he's only selling about a couple million cars or something like that i have to look it up for sure anyways the tex the texas plant worth about in austin is worth about 1.1 billion dollar facility that will vastly expand electric field progression and serve as a launching pad for future products like uh well the cyber truck um honestly this is probably what will get the kind of the kick in the rear to get the cyber truck actually out to people which is unfortunate considering the um, questionable design choice of the vehicle. But, um, yeah, he and, uh, in a uh, little speech net uh, late Thursday for about 15,000 people, he announced the opening of the plant, and um, it is scaling to an extreme size, as he says, as a part of the company's updated master plan. The fact is Tesla inaugurated another new facility in Berlin last month and said that the future would be, well, announcements by the end of the year that uh, they would be expanding production. So overall, I guess this is a good move for Tesla on that. I'm still not a huge fan of EVs, as I've stated before, but um, yeah, no, Tesla's a definitely a brand that's been growing a lot recently. Honestly, quality control is still an issue, and some of their designs are um, questionable at best is the best way to describe it. But I guess um, to each his own, and um, yeah, I guess it's a legitimate brand. And, um, well, I couldn't get out of the way without um, announcing some abysmal GM news. That's right. GM has been struggling with their Chevy Bolt. Honestly, considering the cost of its, well, the price over that of a freaking, the base of it's over the price of a hybrid, well, a Ford Maverick pickup truck, which is a hell of a lot more utilitarian, even about the same size, and uh, maybe a little bit bigger, honestly, but honestly more utilitarian, and uh, yeah, you may pay for gas, but you're only getting, well, 50 miles to the gallon compared to Bolt, which considering you have to park it 40 miles away, unless it starts your garage and fire and burns it to the ground. Uh, you problem, which they still have not 100% resolved. Anyways, GM and Honda are teaming up. Yep. Not like GM team-ups with Japanese auto companies haven't led to disaster before. I mean, take a look at the Chevy at the uh, Pontiac Aztec. Anyways, the fact is, is that uh, GM and Honda are teaming up to develop an affordable electric car that will cost less than $30,000. Well, what the flipping do? Yeah, they've tried doing this before. The Bolt uh, didn't go too well. The fact is, is that, well, most normal people don't buy electric cars, mostly because they're not affordable enough. I guess this could be a big move considering the fact that they could, in theory, build a decent electric car that is under $30,000 and maybe be good in the market. The problem is, 
knowing these two automakers, it is probably going to be completely hideous, a bad mix and bad blood mix up between the two, and most likely, like most electric cars that get produced between GM and whatever Japanese company they produce, it will most likely be a dumpster fire of a vehicle. Honestly, I don't hold out too much hope for it. But, you never know, it might be the car that gets GM's electric futures off the ground, considering, well, they're the only brand advocating in government to the extremes that, well, nobody else is. For example, Ford and Everpolster, everybody's basically fighting these uh, these ridiculous expressions, except GM, which is kind of funny considering the fact that out of all the EV makers in the uh, in the biz nowadays, GM is the only one with a dumpster fire of a record producing electric cars, and they haven't really done anything big since, well, the Silverado, which is a questionable vehicle in and of itself, and probably will not enjoy the same fanfare that the Lightning did. But, you never know. I don't put my hopes up, but wish them the best of luck more only because well they'll try to probably screw over honda anyways in other news porsche which has been my unexpected hero over the past few years has finally announced that they are going to be well making a major step in their major e-fuel initiative this thing is currently priced at about $45 a gallon, but they said that um, they're going to be making the, producing about 200 gallons of green methanol, which of which 3 to 4 gallons of green gasoline, all of which will be shipped to Porsche for use for their motorsport series. It's a big step forward considering the fact that, well, it's probably a bit more viable solution than these EV futures that all these brands like to try to push. And they honestly say that by 2026, they say that these prices, which is currently about $40 a gallon, will be all down to about $7 a gallon. This has prompted them to actually invest a bit more money into this thing. And um, as of about April 6th, they've invested about $75 million more into this for a 12.5% stake in the company of HI Global, which is where I'm producing this type of gasoline. It's a big step forward for Porsche, and honestly, to be honest, if more companies would invest in a situation like this, every car in the world could be, well, green, neutral, or whatever it is called again, and honestly, it would probably be a little bit better. Now, overall, I think this is a good step forward, and commercialization might take a little while longer, and by 2026, heck, maybe we come up with a few more advances. After all, that's only about four years in the future, and honestly, I'd probably see a little better future for this than pretty much every other electric car that's being currently produced, but you never know. It may be, well, a long shot, considering other brands have tried this as well, but it has been basically 37 years of technology to basically produce what we are doing today, and especially considering, honestly, about five years ago, I never would have thought that electric vehicles would be the next big thing. The fact is, is you never really know. Honestly, if they do Ruth, they actually plan on opening two more major facilities in the U.S. and I think in South America, another one in South America as well. If they do produce this, it could produce a massive amount. I think it's actually in Europe, I think the other one is. But the fact is that these facilities get built and they do actually get a lot of investment. You never know. Porsche might actually possibly reduce the next green fuel of the future that would make every, well, basically everywhere in the world basically green or um, carbon neutral, which would be a big step forward to be vastly improving upon, well, everything overall for the green initiative that is being pushed. So let me just say this. While I am a huge fan of this initiative by Porsche, unfortunately, I have to accept reality in that with governments and car companies simply refusing to accept this as a viable option because, well, ICE engines have been made into the villain of the world for some 
godforsaken reason. The fact is, if Porsche keeps dumping money into this and can build these facilities in time, you never know. They might just be able to save the internal combustion engine from its icy fate that seems to be well, every government's wet dream lately. Honestly, I don't understand the push for this. I get the advantages to EVs, but that's face facts. They're not affordable. I can't afford to go out and buy a $60,000 compact car just to fuel some kind of green initiative. The fact is, is that in order to make these cars viable, they need to be cheap enough. And honestly, ICE engines are still a heck of a lot more efficient overall than the battery efficient batteries we're seeing out now. They are more efficient to charge, or rather refuel, I should say. And they overall get better gas mileage overall. And they're starting to say it. Well, you don't have to worry about them blowing up, honestly, a bit more honest than uh, most cars. But anyways, that's my little spiel for the day, and honestly, my hopes and dreams of Porsche saving me from being able to drive my little Hemi for the next 30 years if I want to. And if they can do that, well, I'm a happy camper. So with that final bit of news, and, well, rather not news, a hope and a dream, and a long shot by Porsche, I hope you all have a great day, a wonderful night. That does it for the news segment. Anyways, I hope you have a great day and a wonderful night. I am repeating myself like a lunatic because clearly I'm overtired. Have a great day. I'll see you later. Like, review, do whatever you please with this podcast. Goodbye.